I haven't I haven't looked at my notes since I typed them up. <laughs> so it, it may be a little watched it. It may be a little off. Yeah, since I watched it like that night, I wrote my notes. So it was like it's been probably <laughs> five six. Because you're so passionate. You're so passionate. This is so into it and so passionate that I couldn't <laughs> help myself. <laughs> It is one of those film classics that you rave about to your friends at parties. It is. <laughs> this is what we should. This is what we should have like faded into. Is that talk right Just there? Just so you. Well, the, you know what? I set it to record so we can. There you go. Nice. <laughs> oh man! But hey, you gotta do the preamble, which is phenomenal this week. By the way. Oh yeah. <laughs> Mixing extreme heat, radiation, and just a hint of love. It's Son of Godzilla. That's so good. <laughs> that's, that's literally so what good. they that's literally what they say though. You know, they say <laughs> like what causes the monsters well it's just extreme heat and radiation alex you know this <laughs> well yeah how do you make a baby godzilla yeah a little bit of love extreme heat radiation just a little bit of love baby <laughs> <laughs> well hey welcome back to monsters versus men podcast where we're trying our best to stay alive as always this is eric and this is alex how you doing this week alex you know, I'm doing, I'm doing I'm doing pretty good. You know, they 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 drop some hot news. Uh, yes. For those of you who don't know, we we record most of our stuff a few weeks ahead of time, and today they revealed that the original cast of Jurassic Park is going to be joining Jurassic World three, which I am I have mixed feelings about, but overall, I think I'm excited. What about you, Eric? Well, I liked well. Uh, I was okay with Jurassic World 1. I did not like Jurassic World 2. And we'll see how Jurassic World 3 is. Is it the same director? I, I don't, I'm, I'm not really familiar with it. Is it the same director? Yeah, the same guy. And I, I actually love Jurassic World 1. Jurassic World 2, I enjoyed, but there's, there's like a soul missing from it. And yeah. I, I, you can kind of feel it throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It does. It's kind of missing that that wonder and stuff that makes. I, I really like the first three, like Jurassic Parks. Mm-hmm. I, I like all three of them because there's that little bit of wonder that's in it and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And but maybe having an original cast in it's really going to bring it back around. We'll see. I mean, I do feel like Fallen Kingdom was a misstep, but I'm, I'm overall I'm excited to see what they do with it. I just hope Sam Neill doesn't die before they film it because. He's really old. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised about that. I saw that. I didn't look into the details of the story, but I saw he was going to be in it too. And I'm like, how's this going to work? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because he's like 70 something now. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. hopefully it will be better than this week's film uh, for the Jurassic Park franchise. Alex, you want to kick us off with our film introduction? Yeah, all right. So, June Fukuda takes the help. The help? Eric. <laughs> All right, let's start this part over, okay? I'm like Ron Burgundy. I'm like Ron Burgundy. Or <laughs> I just I read exactly what's on the teleprompter. <laughs> uh, all right. You got this. All right. One. Yeah. All right. My bad. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. All right. All right. Go for it. Go for it. Jun Fukuda takes the helm for the second time in the eighth Godzilla film, Son of Godzilla. When reporter Goro Maki touched down on Solga Jail Island, he expected a story. What he did expect was a giant mantis, a giant spider, and a baby Godzilla. Fukuda definitely keeps the audience on his toes by introducing new elements to this film, but most importantly, the film attempts to answer some age-old questions. What parenting lessons can we learn from Godzilla? Where do Godzilla babies come from? And is Godzilla's dad bod really just a god bod? <laughs> <laughs> these, these, these are the important questions in life, Alex. And <laughs> honestly, the important questions for the Godzilla franchise. I think you know this by now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, these are all questions we've been wondering since that first film, since he first destroyed Tokyo. Yeah. I was wondering where the series was, was headed. I just didn't realize it was headed for a Godzilla dad bod until this film. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone seeing where the series started could have seen where it was. It kind of feels like it's ended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like nowadays, if this was the movie to come out, the, the, the rest of the movies would have been canceled. Oh, They'd yeah. just be like, okay, never mind. Never mind. So, so to be fair, and to right off the bat, I'm going to say I don't think it's a surprise. This is my least favorite Godzilla film so far. I'll save my actual rating until the very end. But just so we're clear, of our list of of eight films so far, this is number eight on my list. But with that said, let's focus a little bit on some of these more fun questions that you asked. Um, And one of these questions that we had is, what parenting lessons can we learn from Godzilla? Well, we definitely have some negatives and some positive characters. More negatives than positive, I would say. (laughs) But... First off, in some ways, you know, I, I have to see myself in uh, Dad Godzilla. Uh, he seems a little bit like me in some regards. So, for example, <laughs> when baby Godzilla, Manila, tries to wake him up early by jumping on him and begging him to play, you know, he tries to keep sleeping as much as possible. Now, I'd like to think <laughs> I'm a little bit more responsive. Right, I want to be a little bit more responsive to Theo's needs uh, than Godzilla, but maybe I'm not. Like this, that's a situation that that hits very close to home, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. As a teacher, though, as a modeler, uh, that's what Godzilla does, right? He models the behaviors that he wants to see in his son. He he expects things to be done the way that he wants it to be done, and he wants it done the right way, and that includes atomic breath in this case. Um, <laughs> uh, one of my favorite mo- moments of the movie yeah exactly far. I mean he knows exactly how to get results by stepping on Manila's tail right um, what I don't agree with is you know the threatening aspects because I don't think it actually works you know like he raises his claw about to <laughs> hit Manila but and he, sure he gets immediate results right threatening does get does. immediate results but whenever Manila is in that pressure situation, what happens? He freezes up, right? So I don't yeah. think the threatening worked long term. It got those immediate results. Um, I think a better approach would have just to been to supervise Manila in his development while making sure nobody got hurt when he fought the giant mantis. <laughs> 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 but maybe maybe that's just my uh, 21st century uh, super sensitive dad talk coming out. But what about you, Alex? Yeah. Uh, did you did you learn from Godzilla's parenting? And 
did we get an answer to the birds and the bees question of the Godzilla universe? Unfortunately, we never learned the birds and the bees details of Godzilla. As far as fandom and Toho are concerned, Manila is actually the adopted son of Godzilla. Hmm. So it's not actually his real son, which is a little strange when you factor in that Manila's cries were heard by Godzilla, and that's why he came to the island. I mean, how would he know? But I guess there's so few, you just, you just have to, you just got to grab one and take care of him, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or else you're the only Godzilla, and that's a lonely place to be. <laughs> you know, I actually, this week, um, and just listening and, and reading some comments from people uh, about this film, about seeing baby Godzilla, uh, people were making arguments as, does Godzilla have a gender? Is Godzilla a he? Is Godzilla a she? Is Godzilla an it? Um, I don't really take it. I don't have strong feelings either way, believe it or not, Alex, about this question. But I think I think the film is pretty clear. Like, this is a dad, you know, like the scientists refer yeah. to him as a he. I, I think it's a he. But you know what? If someone wants to argue that it's a it or a she or that he did he slash she did both of the jobs himself, I'm not going to argue with him. <laughs> now, I will say that Toho did discuss uh, the son of Godzilla being a girl, but they felt like Godzilla would would have a son. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so that's why they decided to go with Manila instead of Manilas. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever you want to call her. <laughs> so, so that, that to me implies, and, and his overall neglect of his child leads me to believe that it's probably a dad. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> His parenting style is is pretty, yeah, it seems daddish. I did learn a few things, right? So I learned that Godzilla is actually a patient dad. Mm. <laughs> with a knack for teaching, with finesse. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We see it when he raises his hand at Manila, like you were saying. And when he blows, his, when Manila blows his first firing, you know, Godzilla gets that backhand ready. He, you know, he's ready to go. Which is hilarious, you know. And the tail stomp, it's just a lesson in tough love to me. Okay. You know? Yeah. It's a kick in the rear. It's what you need to get going in life sometimes. That's what you do to Gwen when she's not breathing the right way. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hey, hey. I like it that after a savage beating at the hands of the Kamakuras, you know, the giant mantis, Mm -hmm. he saves his son. Uh, I would save Gwen if some giant mantises were attacking her, you know, but then he walks away. <laughs> kind of like a drunken dad, you yeah. know, kind of like, all right, my, my the bulk of my job's done. I'm going to walk away, let him lay there, cry a little bit. And then <laughs> he walks away and he, you know, he starts to think better of it. Now, we don't see these moments, but it's heavily implied when he comes back. He, he, he knows that he should probably take care of this little this little pile of poo that rolls around on the ground. And so now that I'm thinking of it, Godzilla's kind of a little bit less of a dad and more of a drunk uncle. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> like him sleeping by that boiling pool, kind of like you were saying, where he's just completely absent until he's screamed for. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's either got to be drunk, right? Or this is like his third kid and he's just quit caring about him at this point. <laughs> you know, I think he does show he cares. Though, especially with that ending scene where he has to embrace him and, like, kind of take care of him. And 
But it's because like as soon as he sees Manila down for the count, he goes and he knows what to do to take care of him. Yeah, and I think that was a really sweet moment. It's really sad, but it's a sweet moment. Yeah. No. But what, what did what did you think overall of Manila? Well, Manila, baby Godzilla, Godzilla Junior. Whatever. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Let me stop you there. All right, as, Godzilla oh, Junior. <laughs> Godzilla Junior. Uh-huh. Is in the uh, Hasai series, so okay. we do get another baby Godzilla in the future, but he is referred to as Godzilla Junior. All right, so Manila, thank you for the clarification, Manila. This this might make me a bad person, Alex, but I laughed out loud the first time he rolled around and showed his face when he was being attacked by the Kabakuras. Yes, <laughs> right. Yes. It might make me a bad person, <laughs> but he rolls around and. His face, it's just, I've seen it before. And like, it doesn't matter how many times you've seen his face. When that face just turns around, you're like, what the heck is going on? (laughs) I literally am asking myself, what the heck am I watching? Really, I'm still not sure what I was watching when I was watching most of this film. Was this a comedy? Every time Manila came on, you had that comedic sitcom background music. Um, with Manila finding new ways to trip over himself. It was slapstick comedy through and through, which in general, I like some of that slapstick comedy, but I honestly don't know if it works here. Um, It doesn't really work for me. But I will say, I did laugh out loud more at this film than any of the other films, maybe the exception of King Kong versus Godzilla. Um, I just don't know if the reasons I was laughing in this film were for the right reasons. But... I at least laughed. What did you think of Manila, Alex? <laughs> and did you laugh as much as I did? I did. I, I, I laughed just as much as you did. And honestly, I, I laughed a lot at stuff that I feel like was intentional. Yeah. Some of it wasn't. Some of it wasn't. <laughs> a lot of it was. But overall, I think Manila is like this little travesty. He's just like this little embodiment of a travesty. I mean, Toho had a turd on their hands and they knew it. So they made Manila look like one as soon as he's born out of that egg. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's actually a pretty good depiction of a child in terms of behavior, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I saw a lot of elements in him that I see in Gwen, <laughs> you know, like where he's just like not listening. He's, he wants to do something. He throws a tantrum even at oh, one yeah. point. Yeah. And it, <laughs> it, it's just the thing that really kills Manila for me, besides his just general look, is that right when he's born, he's just like this horrendous looking puppet. Yeah. And, you know, I was watching it and with Cece and Gwen, and Cece goes, I can't tell what is the front and what is the back of this thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that describes Manila's design perfectly. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's you're it's right. pretty horrible. <laughs> yeah. Especially when it is in his little newborn form. When he gets bigger, I mean, his characteristics are more defined. He's even kind of got those cool uh, Godzilla spikes, but they're really tiny. <laughs> Which is a nice little detail. That's the only nice detail on it. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's pretty lame overall. And it, you can tell that they're really pandering to a more childlike, mm-hmm. family-friendly audience. I can't imagine something that looks like that turns into Godzilla. Right. But even, you know, Godzilla's not even menacing in this movie at, at all. No. His face has gotten shorter, so he kind of looks more cartoonish. It, it just his overall face is just odd and then his eyes are big and they're very like clearly expressive and reactive Mm -hmm. which 
you know, I thought it was something I wanted. This movie made me quickly realize maybe I, I kind of missed the painted on eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the dad effect, man. It's the dad effect. Maybe it is. <laughs> fatherhood. Fatherhood is wearing him down, man. Uh, I get it. I, I, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think the monster designs in general were uninspired. I mean, we get giant insects with the, the Kamarakis and the Kumanga spider. Mm-hmm. But overall, it's just nothing really looks good. Yeah. But I actually kind of enjoyed some of the human stuff. What about you? Uh, I didn't. No. <laughs> well i just don't think we get much here so from a monster standpoint we don't get much and from a human standpoint i don't think we get much either um i think the kumanga you just mentioned kumanga um the giant spider i think that's a highlight of the film for me actually um the scene where her leg comes into the cave that actually felt like a moment of terror a little Mm -hmm. bit um, and it reminded me of Shelob from the Lord of the Rings. And, oh. you know, I, a couple of things in, in this film reminded me of that. And I appreciated that. Um, but Kumanga also figured out Godzilla's weakness. If you remember from Mo- Mothra versus Godzilla webs, <laughs> silly string. Yeah. Yeah. Silly string. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But in general though, the monster seems they, they didn't feel authentic to me. Um, I think this was because of the lack of models and miniatures. There was hardly mm-hmm. any of that here. And so there was no scale to these monsters and everything just looked like a person in a suit or a giant puppet. We rarely got a sense of scale with these monsters and so they didn't feel huge. They didn't feel menacing. They felt cartoonish as you have you've mentioned as you have yeah. mentioned. That's a good point actually. You know, this is the second film in a row where we've we've been stuck on an island for budget concerns. Mm-hmm. And that's why we've got the B team, which I didn't realize that this was considered the B team over at Toho. <laughs> uh, when I was reading up on this, it turns out the A team, which is Honda and I think even Akira Ifakube, they went over to make King Kong escapes. I believe it was. Hmm. And so this is the B team. This That movie got the budget <laughs> and this one didn't. Nice. And so that's why we're stuck on this island again. And again, it's like you said, there's no miniatures. Yeah. There's no sense of scale. There's not that thing we love about Godzilla that makes him this monster. Yeah. There there are a couple points, you know, like when he comes out of the water for the first time, they try mm-hmm. to give it a sense of scale. He destroys a couple of things. But then once, you know, Godzilla and Manila are interacting there's not that sense of scale anymore. And I really, I think that was a big detriment to this film. Yeah. I mean, this is definitely the most it's felt. I don't know about you, but this is definitely the first time in the series, really that Godzilla has felt like a person just wearing a rubber suit. To yeah. Me. Yeah. And I felt the same way. I actually did enjoy the human bits of it, but hmm. I say that, Stick with me, Eric. Okay. All right. I'm listening. Because <laughs> I, I think, obviously, Manila is a weak point in the movie. Mm-hmm. I do enjoy the Godzilla parenting stuff because it, it, it's clearly comedic on purpose. And yeah. so I get some good laughs. But it's not really interesting at all. Right. And I do like Goro, the the reporter that lands on the island. I like that he just kind of makes himself a part of the team, whether <laughs> yeah. they like it or not. Yeah. And I actually like the idea of them being worried about overpopulation and that they're looking for the solution for something that's really far away. Mm -hmm. I mean, even in the film, I think it's over a hundred years away. 
Right. And it shows that this team has some foresight and their ideas for a solution are pretty great, actually. But just like other scientists and even other scientists in this series, we see that science has a cost. And that cost is that anything that can greatly benefit mankind also can greatly harm them. Mm -hmm. Which is just like nuclear energy. And this machine has implications that could change the world, both good and bad. And I, I do like that the scientists are completely aware that the project could be used for nefarious means. Yeah. Knowing that means that they're much better at preventing it. I just, I just, I don't know. I just kind of like that stuff. But maybe that's me liking more of the setup than actually the, <laughs> the human element of the film, too, you know? Yeah. It, it is a little lacking in... in Overall, I, I but I like Goro and I like I believe her name is Psycho. Mm-hmm. Psycho, or maybe Seiko. 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 We'll Seiko. <laughs> <laughs> I do like Goro and Seiko. I think they're actually pretty fun to watch. The there's like a four generic like scientist characters yeah. that we don't know anything about, and then we get the two head scientists. Yeah, right. Right. Did you pick up any real messages from this film? I mean, that's really the only message I got, and that's. My message was kind of set up early on. Well, no, see, I, you're right in one aspect. I like this idea of let's change the weather in order to control the climate, in order to create food for everybody. Okay, like I, I'll, I'll get into this idea. But I, I, I don't think the film, honestly, has much of anything substantial to say. Um, in fact, like if it says anything at all, it's, it has a negative message. Um, in my mind, or incoherent message. So we've got the two main scientists that you've mentioned, Professor Kasumi and Fujisaka. Um, They actually hold these workers against their will (laughs) in extreme climates, risking their lives even after they demand to go home. You know, I was hoping that, um, I think his his name is Akihiko Hirata, you know, who's played Sarazawa before. I was hoping he was coming back. He doesn't have an eye patch this time, so that must indicate that he's a good guy, right? (laughs) (laughs) So I was happy that he was playing Fujisaka here. Until that scene, you know, where he's he's lying to them in order to get them to stay at the island. I actually think he's kind of a bad guy here, even though oh, the yeah. film doesn't portray him that way. Um, him and the professor, they force these guys to work out in harsh conditions, which literally almost kill them while they chill out in the cave in room temp- <laughs> in the room temperature cave. Right. Um, and sure, like they they healed him. Right. They gave him that red drink, you know, but don't they consider that this red drink has to be full, full of radiation? I mean, come uh, I was on. Thinking the same thing. Godzilla, <laughs> Godzilla literally breathed atomic breath into this water and now they're just giving it to their workers without any sort of really knowledge of what it's going to do to them long term. Uh, these are these guys, I'm sure they're, they're in for some trouble down the road. Um, I complained in Ghidorah, the three-headed monster, that Honda established a universe that set unrealistic expectations about what happened between the supposedly good and the supposedly bad characters, right? But here, we have bad people making bad decisions and getting a good outcome. That's not how the world works either. These scientists aren't like Sarazawa. Sarazawa knew that the oxygen destroyer would fall into the hands of the wrong people, so he determined to put an end to his quest. The professor here, he knows that this climate changer could be worse than the nuclear bomb. Like that, That's said early on in the film. 
And yet when he faces obstacles that are in his path, what does he do? He persists and he succeeds. I, mm-hmm. I don't care if the only non-scientist tells me that Godzilla and Manila are going to hibernate at the end of that film. I'd still feel bad for him, Alex. <laughs> what they did was wrong. These scientists yeah. were bad people. And that final shot of Godzilla and his son in the snow, I, I tell you, I may not have loved Manila, but that shot was pretty devastating. Uh, I'm with you. It, it is devastating. Uh, I was like, oh, I'm surprisingly <laughs> a little touched by this moment <laughs> of, of Godzilla just holding on to this little turd in his arms. And <laughs> that's when you grabbed that's when you grabbed Gwen and you shed a tear. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, I think you make some pretty good points is that the film never portrays these bad guy them as bad guys, which is kind of odd. And but I would argue that you said the the universe doesn't reward bad people for making bad decisions, but in my in the different lines of work I've been in, that seems like the only people to get rewarded. <laughs> you may be right. You may be right. <laughs> but no, it is odd. You know, they're, they're making these stupid decisions. Not, not all the characters, just these two main scientists. And I don't, I don't get it now. I mean, I guess everybody did make a poor decision. Like you said that, that I was thinking the exact same thing Eric. When they took that red drink, I was like, that has fire breath. That has yeah. atomic breath in it. You're so dead. That's what I was yeah. thinking. Yeah. I was like, and it's definitely got Godzilla pee and poop in it too. You know that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no way. I'm kind of like you as well. That I don't buy the scientist's confidence that God that they're just going to hibernate. Right. <laughs> Well, it's not even the scientist that says that. It's Goro, right? <laughs> yeah, it's Goro that says that at the end. He's not even a scientist. What does he know about hibernation? <laughs> I have faith in Goro then. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely, you know, well, hey, let's say this. Goro's probably made more good decisions than the rest of them. So, of all of, all of them, I'm probably going to trust him the most. True. True. Yeah. <laughs> I don't buy that Godzilla's going to hibernate. He's a walking nuclear reactor. <laughs> I get I get him huddling up with Manila because he's small. He's a nuclear reactor, but he's a small nuclear reactor, right? <laughs> I can understand the snow taking him out, but him going to sleep, eh, it just seemed like a shortcut. Because all these movies, or most of these movies, like to end with Godzilla possibly dying in a way. Yeah. And this is like the, the, the maybe the closest besides the last movie where he does the long jump off the island. Right. That we see of him. Definitely being alive, supposedly, if he's not mm-hmm. an icicle at the end. Mm-hmm. So I have no doubt that we're going to be seeing everyone's fan favorite Manila sooner sooner than later. <laughs> and, you know, there is an aspect that I liked about Godzilla. Yeah. Another aspect of the film that I didn't like was just kind of Godzilla in general. I mean, this isn't the Godzilla I want. Right. And this isn't the Godzilla really I, th- I would think anybody wants. Mm-hmm. And I get that they kind of played off as more of a parody film in a way. And they got some intentional jokes. But, I mean, this this film really took the franchise as a whole in a direction that I really don't like. <laughs> yeah. I said I had some high hopes for Fukuda after last episode, after the last film. But, you know, introducing Manila into the franchise, yeah, I, I think it took a wrong turn. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of stinks of something that we see a lot of in modern filmmaking, and that's 
This feels more like a, a studio got a hold of the property and started making the decisions instead of the creatives making yeah. the decisions. And yeah. this feels like an, an an attempt to bring in younger and younger audiences. Yeah, no, I, and I think you're right. And speaking of younger audiences, you know what time it is, Alex? It's time for the theometer, ometer, 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 ometer. Hey, everyone. Uh, ironically, there's no theometer this week. Eric tried to stomp on Theo's tail to get him to perform and behave, but it didn't seem to work. And instead of giving him a backhand, he just took away the theometer this week as his, as a punishment. So this time we've got a little something from Gwen. All right. Oh yeah, good job. Will you say Godzilla? Godzilla. Will you say Rodan? Rodan. Will you say Manila? Manila. <laughs> Will you say Mothra? Mothra. And will you say Angerus? That's very good. Gwen, do you like Godzilla? Godzilla. Okay, good job. <laughs> and that is the Gwendar. <laughs> that was a good transition. <laughs> that was good. That was good. I like that was that. lucky. That was, really that was lucky. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to say that. <laughs> oh. All right. So, hey, Alex, time for our award. So, First award that we have is the coolest character award. Who'd you choose for the coolest character? It's got to be Goromaki. I mean, this is a guy who lands on an island and makes himself part of a science team <laughs> just by sheer force of will. Yeah, and i <laughs> I think he, I think between him and Psycho, they're probably the most interesting characters. Uh, but I give the edge to him on my end. He. Goes from being like a kind of slightly scared photographer, not too scared, because he's all about taking a picture of that Camaricus mm-hmm. when it first shows up. But I think he does have the biggest arc. I mean, he goes from humbling photographer to he's kind of like the action hero by the end of the movie. Yeah, which is kind of cool. I mean, he, he's he's up on that uh, that tower, that weather tower, and he's guarding the one of the main scientists, like. Like he's Bruce Willis or something, and uh, you know, <laughs> it's an interesting art. Now, whether Goromaki, maybe I should <laughs> Bruce Willis, Goromaki in Die Hard Four, <laughs> Godzilla think... with a vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just hoping that every time I start a sentence, you just at, create a new movie title. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sorry but... to cut you off. Sorry. Keep, no, continue, you're fine. Continue. <laughs> uh, now, maybe his arc isn't believable, but I. I kind of liked it overall, but what, who was your coolest character? Well, so Goro, there's there's a really head scratching scene for me. Like I can't remember what happens before it, but there's a scene where it, all of a sudden it cuts to Goro and Seiko, and they're just like running and having a good time, and it's like they've fallen in love in about five minutes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, so they're like in love now. But anyway, Seiko is my coolest character. Um, she survived on this island for seven years alone. That's impressive, right? That is impressive. Um, and she, some, she has some sort of Godzilla uh, beckoning call that she can do with her hands. And she shoots these little... <laughs> She shoots these little fireballs out of her hand. They're not really fireballs. <laughs> they're these, they're fireballs. these little yellow dots. 
They're those little like coconut things. Yeah, and they just look like little, you know, Microsoft paint dots that that float into uh, Manila's mouth. So I've got to say, Seiko, she's got magical powers, <laughs> magical Godzilla calls. She's the coolest character. Yeah, at the very least, she has like the best arm in the NFL. I mean, <laughs> she can throw that thing like you wouldn't believe. Well, when when you're throwing a 2D object across the screen, I think it can go pretty far, Alec. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, speaking of Goro, my most memorable line award goes to Goro. Uh, when he lands on the island, he parachutes on the island. And, you know, the scientists run out to him like, who is this guy? And his first thing he says to him is, sorry to bother you. May I have some food? Right. This is like exactly his character. He's just jumping into the situation. Um, Of course, then he refuses the food in kind of a weird power play um, that works out for him, I guess. (laughs) Uh, But that just kind of showcases who he is as a character. What what about you? What was your most memorable line award? Well, shockingly, the most memorable line for me was Manila's line. Wait, Manila has a line? <laughs> he does have a line. So he's getting, he's trying to blow fire, and he gets the smoke ring, and then Godzilla steps on his tail, and he goes, yeah! <laughs> Anytime you can do sound effects, Alex, on this podcast, you need to keep it up. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about saving it for Can't Believe That Acting, but I really just wanted to do it now. Yeah. Yeah, so that was the best line of the whole movie, because it made me laugh the most. Who would have thought was, child abuse what, would have been the most funny part of the movie? Yeah. <laughs> well, what was your can't believe the acting award, Alex? All right. So I can't believe was uh, Psycho. Just kind of her role in general. I think she really sells that Jane from the Jungle role. Mm-hmm. And while I'm not sure if it's great acting or just her overall look of the part, but I'm going to give it to her. Like, plus anyone you know that has to throw a fireball in the Manila's mouth. <laughs> As you said, gets my respect. I mean, she had to act towards him in several scenes, and I thought that she was talking to this walking gelatinous being that's that is Manila. But I I, I do think she was pretty good, though, overall. Yeah, when she first came onto the screen and she was swimming, right? That's the point. It's about 20 minutes into the movie, and I'm just like, where is this movie heading at this point? I have no idea. But she does. <laughs> she she pulls that role off. Um, my Can't Believe That Acting Award goes to Akihiko Hirata, you know, Sarazawa. Um, mm-hmm. It's not Sarazawa here. He's Fujisaki. But when he convinces the other scientists that the radio is broken, he lies to them, right? He manipulates them. He says the radio is broken. I think it's cruel, <laughs> and it's one of the reasons I don't like him and the professor, um, but it is a convincing bit of acting. Like he's acting within his role, um, right? and and so like I, was, I thought there was something wrong with the radio until they joked about it afterwards. I was like, oh my gosh, these are bad people. <laughs> <laughs> they really are, and I'm still kind of baffled at why they're not made to look like bad people. Uh, yeah, man. I don't know. It has to do something with like... Because they har- they had hard work, Alex, you know, like hard work pays off and perseverance pays off, you know, like, sure, <laughs> sure, guess, you know, <laughs> I know it's, it's ridiculous, uh, but uh, I know now I, this I, movie didn't have a ton of effects, Eric. No, but what was your favorite standout effect award? 
Um, for me, the standout effect is when Godzilla, he atomic breathes, I guess, <laughs> on <laughs> the mantis that, that tries to fly away from him. That thing catches fire and it just goes flying across the screen, landing right in front <laughs> of our heroes. I actually thought that was a pretty cool effect and it actually looked really realistic. I was like, okay, I see you. That was about it. <laughs> yeah. What about you? Could you find anything else that you liked? Yeah. So I, I did mention earlier that I did. I think the overall monster designs are uninspired, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean they're done poorly. So like, I like Kumanga, the yeah, giant spider. Uh, I like that he crawls out of the ground and I like that the way he moves is really cool. It, it, it doesn't feel too puppety. Not like the the Kamarakas feel a little more puppety. I mean, you see their legs. Sometimes their limbs barely even touch the ground. But Kumanga feels really good. I mean, <clears throat> he he's all of his limbs are hitting perfectly. Everything seems to be moving really well to the point that where I wasn't really even paying attention to yeah. how poorly he moved. You know, which <laughs> is something when when you have a character that big being uh-huh. puppeted. Apparently, like each limb had two people puppeting each limb, so hmm. it's. I'm really impressed by something like that. So I got to give it to Kamunga. He's number one. Nice. Yeah, we do. Hey, we do have a bonus parent or, or yes. bonus award this week, don't we? Uh, yes. Best parenting moment award, Alex. What do you say is the best parenting moment in this film? Yeah, my mine mine goes back to something you said earlier. But my best parenting moment is when Godzilla lets Manila jump all over his tail while he is, quote-unquote, sleeping. Yeah. It's a rare moment of patience from Godzilla. I mean, he's finally not raising his hand to hit him. He's not leaving him behind to be attacked by other monsters. And, you know, even if he is asleep, like actually asleep, good on Godzilla. He knows a parent needs his rest. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My, uh, yeah, my, my best parenting uh, moment award has to be at the end. It seems like Godzilla is kind of walking away from Manila there as the snow's falling, but then he turns around and in a moment of uh, sincere and authentic uh, parenting love, he he embraces Manila with just a heart full, a <laughs> huge heart because it's Godzilla, a heart full of the most <laughs> lovingly beautiful parenting love he could give manila you know what i'm saying it was just it just touched me i just like that you had to make it a literal big heart because he's got (laughs) maybe he doesn't though you did show me those anatomical pictures of godzilla this week (laughs) he's got a big heart he's got a big heart yeah but all right eric Break down your rating of this movie. I, I want to know. I, you already mentioned it's at the bottom of your list, but mm-hmm. I want to know what you thought of of the film as a whole and how you're going to rank it. So you're right. I already said this is my least favorite film so far in just about every way. <laughs> um, <laughs> I said last week that I like a mix of interesting human characters with a good conflict mixed with a healthy dose of monster action. Here we don't really get that at all. <laughs> Um, we got an attempt at a comedy action hybrid that made me laugh for probably the wrong reasons. I did enjoy that I could laugh at it and about it, but asking me to rewatch this anytime soon would be a tough ask. So with that said, this may seem harsh, but I'm only giving it two out of five stars, Alex. 
What about you? You know, I'm going to, I'm not going to agree with you on the rating, but I am going to agree with you that this is the worst one. And I'm also going to say that you, if you put this as a one out of five, I would totally get it. Yeah. (laughs) I'm actually a little surprised at the two out of five, but I did laugh. And that's what really carried it for me. This is the worst Godzilla by far. And it, but it does have some merits. I, I do like the, I guess maybe the idea of the humans. And I do like, I do like Seiko and Goro quite a bit actually, but on several occasions, it gives me like a genuine laugh and it does so intentionally, which is the most important part. Yeah. I laugh plenty at unintentional things like firstborn or newly born yeah. Manila. <laughs> it's the most horrible thing. I mean, that guy's pretty durable. He took a lot of hits as a newborn from those days, which might explain a lot about his personality going yeah. forward. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. He was very squishy too. Like, a, <laughs> like man. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is. His growth was stunted from all those blows. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the monster side is where my biggest problems lie. Godzilla isn't depicted in a good way. We, we've seen a goofy Godzilla before. Mm-hmm. But this is, this is, I guess, jumping the shark with it. It's just a little too far. If it's like you said, that that music in it, I'm really missing Ifukube. <laughs> I'm really missing Ifukube's music, man. Because this yeah. music is just in the last two movies, it's not good. I don't. I didn't like the surfing music in the last one, but it was fun and it was goofy in a, in an appropriate way. I would say. Yeah. But this one. It doesn't work. It feels like I'm watching a sitcom instead of a Godzilla movie. And I, I get Godzilla bends genres. We've seen that multiple times now. Yeah. Maybe this isn't a genre we should have bent into. No, exactly. <laughs> so, you know the, uh, oh yeah, yeah. So what do you give this, Alex? I, I was going to, I was just going to say, I'm giving this, and I, I'm, I'm really struggling, Eric, between a two out of five and a 2.5 out of five. And I'm, part of me is wondering <laughs> if I'm just doing 2.5 to be different from you. So, but I'm going to give it a 2.5 out of 5 because I really, I did really enjoy watching the movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's no doubt that it's the worst actual movie film. (laughs) And if I was grading it on just film quality, this would probably be a 0.5. I mean, really, but I'm (laughs) judging on how much fun I had. So I'm going to give it a (laughs) 2.5. I like that. You know, Alex, this week, um, I was I was rewatching the you know the trailer for the Criterion Collection Godzilla oh, release. It's which a beautiful is thing. Epic. It's awesome, right? But I was like, how <laughs> how awesome would it be? Let's keep the super intense music and just every single cut be a cut of Manila. <laughs> <laughs> if you notice, there's no cut to Manila in there. Like he's absent oh. from the collection, apparently, uh, or. We keep the exact same. We keep the exact same trailer and just put in that comedic music <laughs> from from Son of Godzilla, and it would have the same effect. It would be amazing. Yeah, it would be amazing. Now, hey, I do want to ask you a question about that. Sure. So, sure. you know, we're in that because we're not watching trailers for these movies, or I guess right. I, I assumed you're not watching trailers. No, so you're not I have watching no trailers. Yeah. So, yeah. did you see things in it that you're like, oh, I can't wait to see that? Oh, you mean in the uh, Criterion yeah. Channel trailer? Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, there were a couple moments in there. I was like, that is definitely, I haven't seen that shot of Ghidorah yet. That seems pretty intriguing. Um, but I'll I tell you, my favorite shot in that was still like the Mothra versus Godzilla when Godzilla is coming out of the sand. That that part is yes. just so cool. Looking back at it, like that was just an amazing effect and an amazing moment in Mothra versus Godzilla. Yeah, and I said it during our episode. That's that's a moment I remember from my childhood. Oh yeah, dude. and I think that says a lot when uh, something like that can stick with you for so long. But yeah, for sure. For oh sure. man, but hey, next week I'm really excited for next week. So next okay. week we'll be looking at a fan favorite. A lot of G fans. This is their favorite Godzilla movie. This is destroy all monsters, and we'll be asking the question. Are you being sarcastic or serious in that? No, this is this is serious, and this is Honda's return to the series. Nice, nice. I will, here's here's what I'm hoping, Alex. I'm hoping something creeps up on us, like King Kong versus Godzilla, where we thought we were we were going into something that wasn't as good as we expected. King Kong versus Godzilla still stands strong. There is my number two film here. Next week, we are going to be discussing: Does monster quantity result in monster quality? Hmm. The Royal Rumble, baby. We get more. We get everything. We get every. This is the Avengers. You're telling me this is the Avengers. This this movie was intended to be the finale Ah, of of the series, and Mm. then it kept going. (laughs) (laughs) So you can watch Destroy All Monsters on the Criterion Channel, Stars. If you have a subscription to Stars, and you can watch it for free on Tubi TV. It's got ads, so be aware of that. And also, the last place is you can actually watch it on Sling. I know a lot of people, a lot of listeners have Sling. If you have it, it's on demand there, and it's probably dubbed. But yeah, listen nice. to it, watch it, or don't listen to it. Watch yeah. it. Yeah. Well, no, like, yeah, and let us know what you think. Um, and if you have some awards that you want to give it, or you just want to give us your feedback of Destroy All Monsters, you want to give us feedback for this episode. Um, of course, you can find us at Twitter at MVM underscore pod. You can email us at MVMPod at gmail.com. You can keep up with our personal list and movie reviews at Letterboxd, at Al Cornette, and at Mr. Eric Neely. Uh, but until next week, Alex, try, try to, to stay, stay alive. <laughs> Peace out, everybody. <laughs>